If you're an Android user and you're not listening to this podcast through the Podcast Republic app, you should check that out. It has thousands of great reviews on the Google Play Store and many satisfied customers. Favorite your favorite shows, they download as they're posted, and then you're listening in no time at all. Once again, that's the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows that if you're going to blow the whistle, you should make sure other people are aware of it. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Thought you were going to say wait till the third act. No, no, the whistleblowing is what sets this whole thing in motion. Oh, okay, I thought... I was going for police whistle. Not a literal whistle. A whistleblower, as in like a uncoverer of secrets. No, I'm, I'm here now. I'm on the same page now. Uh, in celebration of our dad's birthday and the film's 30th anniversary, we watched Weekend at Bernie's. So you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your boss's corpse. Something's gotta be done about your boss's corpse. When the mega powers explode... I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott! Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So, how many times have you seen this? Zero. Right? Really? I might have seen it once, but uh, I my first note is I've made so many jokes and references to this movie, but don't know that I've ever actually seen it tip to tail. Oh, man. At least a dozen times for me. Really? Dad actually likes this movie. I know he, he does. It. I know he does. But so I, that's I, how I've seen it. I, I might have seen it once, but I, I don't okay. think it was the whole way through. Uh, it had been a very long time since I watched it. Uh, and I have to say, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that I had like three or four legitimate laughs in this. I did too. Okay. I, I think overall I liked it. I think I would have loved it with a uh, different structure and a bit of a different edit. For sure. It's it's like you can sense the, the actual joy of making this, I think, which is like mm-hmm. an odd thing to talk about when you're talking about making Weekend at Bernie's. But like... I just picture Terry Kaiser and like he obviously is acting for portions of it, but some of this is not a dummy. Like, oh yeah, for I sure spe- it's him. I spent most of the movie like watching him to see if he moved and also to figure out when it was a dummy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it's hard. He, to fi- it's hard to tell. He the people who play corpses on like Law and Order and stuff should take lessons from Terry Kaiser. Mm hmm. Um, but like, I feel like if this movie had sort of a Dan Aykroyd. Uh, John Candy, but like if mm. pictured like those mm. two types as the lead yeah. guys, I think you you have more hijinks because I think the movie you don't really get hijinks until the last like forty minutes. Yeah, and I, I think well, it I, needs twenty percent more hijinks. See, I'm not sure I agree with you there, but let's let's save that for when we get uh, into it a little bit because I think I think part of the reason why this movie works for me is that it's taken itself so seriously for so long. But um, we start with. It's a sweaty New York summer. I was going to say, it's uh, it's uh, topical today because yeah, yeah. of this friggin' heat wave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and this came out end of July 1989. So, like, people were probably watching this movie to escape the hot summer with some free air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, so, it's funny. 
if you this movie is available on HBO currently, and if you if you go to watch it, you know how it'll often say like movie and then in parentheses the year it came out. Yeah. For some reason, it says Weekend at Bernie's, nineteen ninety. Interesting. Because it's one hundred percent eighty nine. Yeah, it's eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, and the sequel would come out four years later in nineteen ninety three. Yes. The first movie we took you to. I'm sorry to break this to you. Are you serious? No. Oh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we've we've always lied to you. The first movie you saw in a theater was Weekend to Bernie's 2. It was a six-year-old me. I don't even you. know what the first movie I saw in theaters was. I'm sure mom was screaming at her phone right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine was The Little Mermaid. That sounds right. Anyway, so we're, uh, we do... Like a nice montage through New York. You're walking through Central Park. You're saying hi to the construction worker. They do my least favorite thing in a movie, which is people like blowing off a mugger, which is just like. I liked that I, bit. I, that to me was funny. <laughs> I always feel like whenever I see that, I'm like, some schmuck is going to do that and get killed. And no one will ever know that it was Weekend of Bernie's fault, but it would have been Weekend of Bernie's fault. Yeah, the mugger shows up and the, the, the annoying friend is like, yeah, it's 100 degrees, get out of here. Yeah. And the mugger's annoying just friend, like, Annoying friend, this is right. Mannequin's Andrew McCarthy. I found him nigh intolerable in this film. <laughs> um, I think he is an absolutely stellar uh, twerpy doofus character. I think this is like, if you are looking for this archetype of like twerpy doofus, like, here's the thing. He's the guy who wants you to think that he is like a Lothario who gets all the ladies and might be a virgin. To me, it seemed like he wanted to be Val Kilmer in Real Genius. Absolutely. That's but he 100%. Wasn't. Right, but like, that's 100% what it is. It, like, th- like th- to me, the two characters are different. Like, Val Kilmer is actually cool. This guy is desperate to be cool. Okay, that kind of colors it differently. Because I was like, I, th- I thought the movie was trying to tell me he was cool. No, and, I like, don't think slick. the movie... No, no, no. I think not I slick think, with the ladies, but like slick in general. I'm like, hey, I can get away with shit. No, I think that he thinks that he's Ferris Bueller. Okay. okay, that is that is my interpretation, and that's why I think the performance is fabulous because it's exactly that. You're like, because uh, we've talked about this before. Is like a guy like Ferris Bueller is probably annoying in real life. Oh my god. Also, like every everyone thinks they're Ferris Bueller. You're not. Yes. Yeah. You're the kid with the can. Yeah, collecting or, money. Like, or Charlie Sheen. Or Charlie Sheen. <laughs> or or that Genie. Sexy realistically, nurse. Genie is who oh, I am. Oh, my, you are Genie. You are yes, 100% Genie. That is realistically. But I, in my version of the narrative, I'm always Ferris Bueller. Because that's like, mm-hmm. I'm telling the story. So that's what I think is is what I really like about Andrew McCarthy's performance in this. Is like I think he's playing this as a guy who thinks he's cool and is not. That makes a big difference. And I appreciate that. So they're walking to work. So this is the other thing. I, his costumes in this movie, because they like <laughs> costumed the um, not young Zachary Quinto. They costume him to be like uh, a little Andrew more. Bu- Silverman, I think, is the actor's name. Sure. Um, or Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman. Yes. Because it's Andrew McCarthy. Yes, that's right. Um, we knew names. Yes. Put that mark that is an important thing that we actually <laughs> knew the name. I said Terry Kaiser before too, so you it's, did. It's, it's just like listen cast members here. Um he's the Andrew McCarthy is always dressed in like silly clothes and like I understand like 
I dress very differently at work in my like work uniform than I do outside right. of work. But still, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, how old are they supposed to be? I guess is my question. Th- my reading is on it. Is there between like my graduating? Age? I think they're younger than you. I think they're between graduating college and 25 because Jonathan Silverman says he's been working at the firm for 19 months. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking this is like first job out of college. Cause they're still both like, uh, you know, trying to succeed and impress people and, you know, work their way up the ladder. So I get the impression they're under 25 thereabouts. Okay. That helps. Um, but and, yeah, the, they, and they see, and the other reason I say that is because Jonathan Silverman still lives at home, and the other guy has like a roach uh, for an apartment. Roach you're right. Apartment. You're correct. So I think I think they're supposed to be young and poor. Twenty five, yeah. Um, but yeah, because the the Jonathan, what are their? Do you remember their character names? Because I I'll don't. Look it up. Yeah, no, I'll look it up. It's gonna be weird for me to say my own name. Button up and unbuttoned. Andrew McCarthy is Larry, and Jonathan Silverman is Richard. Okay. So Larry is very, like, he's got, like, the layer, he's got the long sleeve shirt under his, like, big blousey, like, you know, Hawaiian shirt. He wear, I, I love his shoes, Purple Converse, the whole movie, into it. Yeah, um, no, me too. And it, I, I mean, I guess it helps set up that, like, he's a schmuck who thinks he's cool. But, I don't know, it, I guess, actually, you know what, now that I, I'm talking myself out of my point, that, like, it was very... Because I'm using your point to help me that, like, <laughs> that was effective costuming to be like, oh, he's a schmuck. I just want to hit him. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to like it. Like, it, you know, obviously you can very much not care for it. But I I read it as I read the character differently than you do. Mm-hmm. I guess in, in this first, like, five minutes, it felt like he was the neighborhood kid and um, Richard was the actual, like, main character. Sure, that makes like he like kick flips in on his skateboard. Yeah, and he's like yeah. whoa. Yeah, Capri um, Sun. Yeah, he's carrying a portable television that has to weigh thirty two pounds at least. Um, and it made me curious. Uh, these still are things you can purchase, like uh, HD versions. Really? Still, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I like that the idea a quote unquote portable TV in I don't know ten years after this movie would be. The same size as the small TV in a kitchen. Oh, you mean in terms of screen size? In terms of like, the, like he what he's carrying feels like maybe a little smaller than like what our mom had in the kitchen. Yeah, but we had a it was like a pretty boxy. It had a VHS player. I know, but like the it. idea that like in the eighties this was a like this was a like personal carry around portable television, yeah, and I then mean, they were just, boom they boxes. Were like, hey guys, this isn't portable. Yeah, this is this is a this is a, in a room. This is a, a thing you put down somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I think portable was just because it ran on batteries. Oh, okay, like seventeen double Probably. D batteries. I mean, it was okay. First of all, double D is a cup size, not a battery. Um, second, of the all, joke still stands. <laughs> second of all, uh, yes, that's probably why it weighed thirty-two pounds because you had to put forty batteries in it. Or those, or the, or the like heart, human heart size ones at the yes. uh, at checkout yes. at like a Home Depot. Uh huh. So anyway, though, we're 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 schlepping this TV across town, and uh, Larry is like, "Look, this is stupid. It's there's nobody in here. We're working on a Sunday. Let's go up to the to the beach. Let's go." And he's like, "We can't. What are you talking about? The beaches are all and cut to it's like a baby pool on the roof but i really like the gag where the roof is so hot that his shoe gets like stuck in the tar this sticky roof is my nightmare 
oh, it's really, really, really gross. His shoes get stuck. The beer can gets stuck. The the boombox gets stuck. He's got Every, it all over his hands. He looks so sticky. Um, so they're doing like overtime work to look for fraud in the life insurance policies that their company gives out. So later they say they're working on like computerizing or digitizing. Yes. The, so is this part of that process, do you I think? I believe so, yeah. Okay, and it just happens to fall into like double checking the work? Well, I w- I'm wondering if it was entering the m- data into the computer and then it flagged it for whatever reason. Okay, because I'm trying to think, I was like, it doesn't seem like just offhand, you'd be like, why don't I look for duplicate pe-? Like, that seems like a very specific yeah. thing. Yeah, I get the impression that the machine found it and then he like confirmed the findings himself and now it's like, oh, in the process of doing this like grunty, terrible manual data entry labor that I have to do for my job, I may have saved the company millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, so it's the next day. We meet the uh, pretty girl intern. Her name is Gwen. Uh, she reminds me of Elizabeth Shue a lot. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, this is 100%. Uh, we want an Elizabeth Shoe type because we cannot afford Elizabeth Shoe, and she's probably two years too old for the role. You think? She's supposed to be like 22, 21, 22. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Because she's Wasn't Adventures just... in Babysitting like 84. Oh, is that early 80s? I thought it was more mid late. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty early. I was gonna guess 86 ish. Well, in any case, if it's post Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, it, babysitting's eighty-seven, so it is close. Woo-hoo. But I'm wondering if it's just like you—you—you you, you don't have Elizabeth Shoe money. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh my god, she's so close to Elizabeth Shoe. Oh, plus she at that point. So it's Adventures of Babysitting, cocktail, and then Top Gun Kid as well. Um, wasn't she in Top Gun? No, you're thinking of a different person. I can't remember her name. Deborah Winger. Maybe I don't. I, for um, some reason, I thought it was Elizabeth Shoe was his girlfriend in. Top Gun. I don't think so. Elizabeth Shue is in Back to the Future Part 2. Right, 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 right. right. uh, What's-her-face. Friend of the pod. And, uh, importantly for a future episode of this show, the Disney attraction Body Wars. Wait, Elizabeth Shue's in Body Wars? Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know that. I didn't remember that, I should say. Oh, no, I remember Cranium Command, not Body Wars. Body Wars was the movie that we did on this show with Martin Short, where the little guy went, they shrunk him down and put him inside. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I'm here now. Kelly McGillis is the actress in Top Gun. I had to look that up because people would be mad at us. Thank okay. you. Okay. Speaking so, of McGillis, I thought oh, it was weird that... I th- no, no, no. I thought it was <laughs> weird that she didn't look like... She wasn't more like Tess McGill-like. Hmm. Because, like, the way she dresses at the office was just a very, like, almost appropriate today... Like, I, if someone walked into an office and that, you'd be like, oh, that's just a pretty blouse and, a, and an appropriate length skirt. It yeah. didn't look super eight. I was like, I wanted her to be like have the shoulder pads or like the bow or something. I hear you. I think intern though is probably just trying to blend into the wallpaper. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jonathan Silverman. Uh, I forgot his character's name already. Rich. Rich uh, is like tongue tied around the pretty girl, and instead of saying something to her and you know chatting her up or just having a conversation with her he's like my aunt is very sick and she's flabbergasted by this because of course she would be um but this ends up with a bit where he ends up charming her because he's so mortified that he holds his briefcase up to the side of his head and walks by her to try to hide his shame which i i relate to 
Mm-hmm. And I like that it wasn't him trying a bit. Right. It was, it was him genuinely like, I cannot I, make eye contact with her. If, if I look at that woman, I might just turn into stone and die. Uh, so they go talk to Bernie. Uh, not Dabney Coleman. No, not Dabney Coleman. Uh, Terry Kaiser. And uh, he... <laughs> They tried to talk to him earlier. The way the secretary wouldn't let her let them in. They come back to talk to him, and he's like, "So tell me about this problem." And he immediately, as soon as they start talking, walks into the bathroom and comes out having clearly done cocaine. A hundred percent cocaine. It's just good. It's a good little piece of performance. Uh, also, uh, this whole movie does, but Bernie especially has a real bad case of ADR. The the it gets better in the second half of the movie because they just don't do it as much but there is some wildly weird adr in this first chunk well my favorite is the scene at the party so when they get to bernie's house uh there's a party and so uh rich and gwen are standing outside on like a a deck by a pool and the wind is mm, the twister from wizard of oz It is really ridiculous. Like, her hair is just constantly in her uh-huh. face, and she keeps brushing. Like, it's like Adele music video wind machine <laughs> levels. Yeah, it's like... And it sounds, and it sounds like this, perfectly yeah. clear, with no wind. And I was like, that's not... I'm watching wind. Yeah. I would hear something. It's like, how about we get this woman a hair tie? Like, the character could have a hair tie on her wrist. That could be a part of the character. Or let's hold for five minutes and see if the wind stops. <laughs> Well, you don't have time for that. It's a night. Nice <laughs> like, you're at There's night. Only, you're already in the penalty. You gotta get. You gotta get. Gotta get this rolling. Um. So they show him that you know, hey, we found this. You know, two million dollars because the same person got paid four times for life insurance policy, and then he says like, oh no no no, no. that's clearly like three different pot. Like, there's four policies. They just right. were paid for all of them, and then they're like, well, they were taken out after his death, and it's like, oh, so Bernie did this. Yes. And like I don't, I don't know money. I don't know insurance, and I don't know fraud. But wouldn't it have been easier to just use different names? Yes, but he didn't think he'd get caught. He probably needed it to be an actual policy to, in order to hide it on the books. Yeah, but like you're friends with the mob. People die from the mob all the time. Yeah, but you can't take out life insurance policies on other people without it being suspicious. So, like, it's often a movie plot and television plot and a real-life thing where, like, a spouse takes a policy out on the other spouse and then has the other has the the person killed and then they stand to profit from it. And the police are like, mm-hmm. oh, hello. So, in this case, it would have been, you know, this couple in Texas, you know, a sweet old couple have life insurance policies on one another. One of them dies of natural causes. The other one's getting paid. But Bernie, in order to make some money on this, like slides three extra policies into this dude's name to hide it. Okay. That makes sense. So he, this is like probably my favorite joke in the movie. He, he's like, all right, well, you should come to my beach house. And we see the guys walk out of the office and they're like, uh, Andrew McCarthy in particular is like, he loves us. He loves us. And it smash cuts to Bernie at the dinner with the mob. And he's like, you have to kill them. That was great. <laughs> it's um, like a real Muppet cut. It was. It was. This movie has a couple great ones like that. Um, but so he basically is like, sees they, they found the error. And he's like, you know what? Let's go somewhere private and secluded where we won't be interrupted. We'll go over all these numbers. Let's come to my Hamptons house for the weekend. And so you stopped watching The Office, right? No. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Yep. 
Okay, so I fell off. I thought you, you fell off too. No, I fell um, So my boyfriend recently watched the whole thing, and so I caught a couple late episodes, because basically, I don't remember Steve Carell leaving. So, like, anything after that, I'm... Yeah, that was pretty mediocre, except for, like, the last four or five episodes. Um, but there's an episode where James James Spader, right? He plays the new boss mm-hmm. or whatever. He invites them all to his house, and it gets weird and creepy and sexual yes. and, like, yes. bizarre. And... I was like, this movie could have gone there. Like, if you stop the movie now and did, like, a choose-your-own-adventure, like, do you want this kind of hijinks? Or do you want our boss is a creepy weirdo sex guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he comes out in, like, a a robe that's too short. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, he's hanging out the bottom of it. Yeah, like, yeah, I think that would be so funny. Yeah, no, I think it would be hilarious. I I would enjoy that as well. Because every one of his Hamptons friends is a gay dude. It sure seems like it, but you have to find the line of funny, creepy pervert and not gross, creepy pervert, because what you're talking about on The Office was uncomfortable for the other reason, where it's just like, he's going to wear them all in skin suits. Get out of there. Well, that's just what James Spader looks like. That's true. That's James Spader's whole deal. I I mean no disrespect, Mr. Spader. I know you're a fan. I mean a little bit of disrespect. He he creeps me out a little. Yeah, but that's... But that's his face. He was I born know, with it. But it's not his face. It's also the way he portrays all these characters. Um, but like I think like that movie, w- that movie Secretary. Oh, where he bones this? the girl with the um, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. And it's yeah, like a yeah. BDSM thing, but like yeah, a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that funny. I I, I, I mean the trailer. It. The trailer is it. is edited like a comedy. But like it a was screwball. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's not a screwball comedy. At least the part that I watched is not a screwball comedy. But I remember watching it with... Uh, I don't know if I, I... I'm trying to remember the context. I can't remember if I watched it with a friend who was enthusiastic about it or a friend was enthusiastic about it and watched it. A but friend it of just, mine is very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I, I mean, people like different movies, so I'm not trying to... But I just remember, like... You're supposed to believe this this relationship between the two of them, and it's got that sort of, like, it's supposed to feel smoldery and stuff, and I'm just like, she would not be into this creep monster. Yeah, I mean, the same, never mind, I was going to make a Mamma Mia reference, and we don't need to do that on this podcast. Again. Mamma Mia, here we go again. All right, well, uh, this has been Dissecting the 80s. <laughs> this has been uh, the final We will episode. be back in two weeks, probably, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I will we'll trip alone. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> this is uh, it was a good five-year run. Uh, we only ended one episode short of the perfect five set. So uh, thank you so very much, and um, I hope you enjoy all Tune the episodes. next week for Screaming Into the Void about the 80s. <laughs> um so, so he's the, he's flirting with the mobster's girlfriend, and it turns out they've been carrying. I on mean, the she's flirting with him. Indeed, call a, yes. Call a spade a spade. She's doing the the. Uh, I went through three different '80s dancing movie titles <laughs> before dance. I got to flash dance. I was like, dirty. Uh, no, footloose. No, um, flash dance. Speaking of flash dance, that's our most recent Patreon bonus episode. So if you join at the five dollar and up tier, you can hear that right now. Patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. Plug, 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 plug. Um, so she's wearing these ridiculous gloves that have like a two foot cuff on them, flopping about everywhere as yeah, she's drinking it looks her martini. Really unpleasant. Uh, doing the the foot in the lap thing, but also while she's doing that, the mob boss is like giving weird bedroom eyes. Yes. To not Dabney Coleman. Did you notice yes. that? Yeah, it is. The whole thing is very odd. It's very bizarre. 
Um, he realizes that they're boning, and so uh, when when uh, I almost said te- not Tess McGill, what's ter- Terry Kaiser? Terry Kaiser. I almost said Tess Kaiser. Uh, this is a it's a hot it's a hot day in July. Um, <laughs> he's like he's sleeping with my woman. Let's not kill these two. Because he specifically says, let's not worry about killing those two guys and just kill Terry Kaiser. Right. Which I thought was interesting and, like, should have been a plot point, but wasn't. Yeah. No, it it, it does kind of get glossed over. Because later they're like, oh, he, whoever is going to kill us won't kill us if he's around. And I was like, this shouldn't be an issue. Right. You'd think mm- that would be a thing, and it, it just isn't ever a thing. Yeah. The mob boss also says cream brulee. Yeah. Which is always fun. Yeah, I love a good mispronounce. And then we watch, we go to, we go to uh, Rich and Gwen on their date, and he took her to a Jewish Chinese restaurant. Which honestly, I think it's fun. Yeah, I like. I, I laughed, but also yeah. I would try it. I would go yeah. there. Yeah. Szechuan like matzo ball soup. Yeah, or maybe it's like a, a, a fried knish thing going on. Mm-hmm. Or like the matzo balls have dumpling, have like wonton filling inside them. Yeah, yeah, or the other way around. The wontons have matzo balls in them? Yeah. That seems like so <laughs> so much. It's, it's, There's it's, no meat in these wontons? Well, you can't... The, I think the whole point... Oh, I guess that's a dairy issue. Never mind. But no, yeah, I was thinking like a like a bread, like a matzo ball. Let's, let's take a cor- a, 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 a bread ball, uh-huh. wrap, it in a, wrap it in noodle, uh-huh. now we're call it a day. Yes, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, and earlier, Larry, yes, Larry offered him his apartment right to use on the date, and he was like, "No, it's a Roach Motel." And then she's like, "I have five roommates, and they're all doing their hair right now." And I was like, "Yeah, that's a we we you could have stopped at five roommates." But <laughs> yep, okay. exactly. Yeah, you you didn't need the second part. Like, the, is your I whole think, apartment a bathroom? I think she was saying like they're all home right now. Is the impression I got like that's what the point of that was? You could just say that like they're all home. Yes, exactly. Um, and she's like, "Well, do you have roommates?" And he goes, "No." And I was like, "You could have, buddy." You could, it's Easy such lie. a free out. Yeah, I was, sorry, I do have two roommates, actually. Yeah, uh, they, handed you a freebie. Right. And so I thought they were going to his friend's apartment. So did I. And was so I was like, what is this, like, 60s mod Austin Powers? It is such a cool freaking apartment. Like, everything in it I wanted to own. It looked, oh my god, I I wish I could have a room of a house that was that just looked like this. It was very, like... A bar, just like a bar yes. in your basement. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, with the weird like drop teardrop fireplace thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Every it. part of this I loved. Every single bit. The ugly um, cabinets. <laughs> oh my god. And but yeah, so they, they're doing that. He pulls out the weird metal cups that we totally had. Do you remember yes. those? Yeah. Uh-huh. They're like fluted, but just like drinking cups. Uh huh. Um, I think they're aluminum. They're like colored aluminum. Um, oh wait. I don't think I remember us having these cups. Yeah, we did. We had at least one or two because okay. I remember. I distinctly remember drinking out of them. And mom was like, "Look how vintage." Um, and then I put together that he was at his parents' house, not his roommate's house, or not his friend's house, I should say. Right, right, right. Um, 
And so he just starts, he does the movie thing where you just lie and lie and lie. And he's like, my right, parents right. are dead and da 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 da. Yeah, I have yeah, a butler that, and I'm so the, rich. The parents are dead part was kind of buck wild to me of like, that seems like an insane lie that you're telling. Because like, you know what? Here's a great lie that's also, that's the truth, but like spun well. Hey, my parents moved in with me because I'm so successful. Oh yeah, that could make sense. There you go. Now... You're only lying about your income, but, like, she's gone tomorrow, I guess? But there's also, like, the free out of, like, I do have roommates, but we could hang out in my room. I realize that's kind of forward, but we could just have a drink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so then his dad comes out in his underwear, and it gets weird. I mean, it gets kind of funny. He he tries to play it off like it's his butler, and the dad is having none of it. Yeah, well, again, he's like, Which oh, Which I gotta say, not a cool move from dad. If if we treated if we said that to our dad with I no context, I think that would be cool. I think I think if Dad came out, saw one of us was clearly home with a person that we were interested in, and and the the butler thing is like the butler thing's maybe too far, but I feel like he'd be cooler than this guy who definitely is like, hey, I hope that this never happens for you, son. Well, no, he clearly is like, hey, you know, oh, didn't know you had someone. Have fun. I'm going to bed. Like, he clearly was on his way out of the room, mm-hmm. and then he decided to, like, l- double down on, like, oh, hey, Jeeves, lay out my shit, do my laundry, make sure you have breakfast for me while you shave my face in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the dad is like, hey, knock it the fuck off. <laughs> He's not have time for this. Yeah. I think if I think if it was just a simple, like, that'll be all, Jeeves, have a good night, like, yep. then dad might play along. Yeah, yeah. But if don't double down. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He, he does go a step too far, perhaps. Yeah, and then she's like, this is weird. You're lying, clearly. I'm out of here. Which, fair play to her. Like, Oh, 100%. A- I'm not knocking her for that. Yeah. Uh, so-, so then uh, we see uh, the boss go to uh, the Hamptons mm-hmm. in his boat, which doesn't have a fun pun name, and I was very disappointed. No, it's just called Adjustments? Premiums. Premiums, okay. Which, like, I get, I get that that's an insurance term, but where's the pun? Yeah, no, not very good naming. But also, the he's, humor? he doesn't seem like a clever individual. No, but I, honestly, nothing will be beyond from us. <laughs> Works much better written, but, right, like, that right. was a solid pun. Yeah. Um, And then he gets out of it, and there's a line of... um, Golf carts that all look the same, and then his is a little red... It looks like you took one of those, it looks like, like a Ferrari, little kid, like my first Ferrari, those like yeah, the, ba- yeah, yeah. the battery that like needs seven hours to charge. It looked like that, but made into a golf cart, and it was great. He drives yeah, around in that. Yeah, I like it a lot. And we see his beach house, and my first note was uh, Beetlejuice style uh, hipster house. Most but definitely. Later, I realized it's not Beetlejuice; it's Julia Louis Dreyfus from Christmas Vacation's house. Like, this would be oh, her beach yeah, house. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, like, very hardcore futurism stuff. Yeah, very gray, very cold, very yeah. angular. Although the couch looks comfortable, which is really rare for a house decorated in this style. Yeah, for sure. You you usually get, like, a like a very, like, it has, like, no back or no arms or no some sort of nightmare couch setup. Yeah, like, we, were, we took out all the cushion and replaced it with cardboard boxes. And he's like running inside to get the 
uh, phone that's ringing. First, he chases off this contractor who is squatting there, and then he sees his gardener, and he has like a nightmare situation with the gardener. Where he steps in like a bucket, and he picks up the phone, and he immediately is like, "Hey, don't commit murder while I'm here." And the guy, the mob guy on the other end, is like, "Hey, we're on the phone. I am on a payphone, you schmuck." But also, uh, so for younger audience members, answering machines used to be a literal recording of the phone. And if you answered while someone was leaving a message, it recorded everything. Right. Um, and that's Which I'm sure people used as a way of, like, recording conversations. Oh, prob- 100%. Um, so he accidentally records this whole conversation and doesn't quite realize it. Chekhov's answering machine. Although, right. not... So, like, normally, like, in a Chekhov situation, you see it a couple times, or it's, like, hinted at how important it's going to be. Like, after he hangs up, it would have, like, zoomed in on the blinking red button to show that there was a message. They didn't do that. It just kind of happened later. Which I honestly kind of liked. Well, I mean, I don't think it needs to be hammered home, but I think, like I said, a zoom on, or a lingering shot on a blinking red light is like, oh, that got recorded. I gotcha. Uh, We get... The first legitimate laugh of me in the movie. It's me. a very good joke. They the the fairy's moving and they're like running to catch the fairy, and he's like, "Come on, we're gonna jump it." He's like, "I'm not jumping on a boat." He's like, "Come on, we'll jump on the boat." And uh, Larry jumps for the boat, and then uh, Rich does too, and they both land like bags of dirt, like they really bang themselves up. And it turns out the fairy was just arriving. <laughs> So they just made a huge scene for no reason whatsoever. Which, like, context clues, there were a lot of people just standing on the dock. Right, right. Like, no one seemed to care that it was leaving if it was leaving, boys. Yeah, it's not like people get off a boat and then just mill about adjacent to the boat. Like, they go about their day. Yeah. Um, And so Larry is wearing this really great red, like, pale red seersucker jacket. Like, red striped seersucker jacket. And I am into it. Yeah, I thought you would be into most of the fashion of the movie, to be honest. There weren't enough crop tops. A lot of the short <laughs> shorts, primo short shorts. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bernie gets murdered by a guy. Bernie gets like Snowplow Man murdered. Oh, uh, what the hell is that movie called? Wasn't it called Snowplow Man? No, it wasn't called Snowplow. They didn't release a movie in the theaters called Snowplow Man. Well, they released the rest of that stupid movie in theaters. That was Cold unclear. Pursuit. Yeah, Cold Pursuit, which earnestly wanted to be a comedy. Oh, it did. Fell, fell all the way short. It did. Just it like was, it was a truly baffling movie. Although I had a good time watching it with you, but more than I would have by myself. Yeah, I'm the one that, cl- and I clocked that it was supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, you were like, "This is supposed to be a comedy, and it's failing." And I'm like, "No, it's just not very good." And then we looked it up, and it was like a black comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Liam Neeson. Well, I don't know. I liked Liam Neeson better when he doesn't didn't say racist nonsense and just act like that was cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Joan Cusack, you're not ne- you're not not next to be racist. You're next. <laughs> you're next to be an action hero. Because I still want that. I want Joan Cusack act colon action hero. I mean, she could just be in some of these movies that John Cusack is in because his filmography is just littered with red box nightmares. Really? Like what? He has done, like, ten movies in the last 15 years that you've never heard of because they're, like, direct-to-video. He's a hitman or a gunman or a what? The last movie I knew about of his 
what, 1408, but that can't be right because that was like 13 years ago. Yeah, that was a really long time. I bet you haven't. There was one where I remember one where he was a hitman and he had a daughter, like a young daughter or something. His last like legit movie was uh, Love and Mercy, where he played Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh. Uh, Since 2012, he has been in one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten direct-to-VOD movies and one that was released only in China. Huh. Actually, actually, now that I say it out loud, I'm surprised John Cusack... I mean, budget. But I'm surprised John Cusack wasn't one of the two guys in this movie. Yeah, no, budget, for sure. He was Lloyd Dobler at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so Bernie that- gets murdered by injection and the, the guy plants drugs on him. The doofus is puts on a priest costume and walks away. Yeah, I like that a lot. It was it was the right kind of stupid for me. Um, they find Bernie dead and, and the drugs and the drugs, and then the party begins. And these people just like all show up to his house. My favorite gag being, and uh, it's only my favorite because it starts and ends the same way. But this very uh, drunk man shows up with a martini glass in hand that's empty, and it's like, I'll show myself to the bar. Don't worry. And oh, you need to drink. be. 30% gayer with that. Well, I think he's wearing I, a, basically I, wearing a caftan. I didn't want to be offensive, so I I was just doing the the like I the the joke isn't that he's gay. The joke is that he's already hammered and carrying an empty martini glass. The joke is that he's what Liz Lemon envisions life in the Hamptons to be like. But he pours himself a drink and then you fast forward, we'll cover all the stuff in between, but we fast forward to the end of the party and he's passed out on the couch and he gets woken up still holding the empty martini glass and's like I'm so sorry I have to leave early. It's been a run wonderful party. We'll see you tomorrow. And just like wanders out of the frame. It's, it's well executed. Really, really good. Um, but after they find Bernie and with the drugs, there's a lovely monologue from Rich where he's like, I can't believe he would do this to himself. He had everything. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's why he did it. Yeah. Like, that's why rich people do drugs because they have everything else. They're bored. What uh, Robin Williams said, cocaine was invented to tell you you have too much money. Right. More money than sense. That's for sure. Um, so the there was party a weird be- knockoff Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. The party begins with this like weird cavalcade of like odd things and people going by. Um, and then <laughs> they have like a montage of people coming to talk to Bernie and no one realizes he's dead. And all I can think of was that scene from Seinfeld where Elaine is like, he's dead, you idiots. <laughs> I think that was Bernie's too, but the, the point stands. Yeah. So I have a, a rewrite and I want you to tell me if you like the movie more or less with this in mind. Okay. Bernie gets murdered. Okay. The party starts. Okay. The guys come into the party in full swing. Improvement for sure. Don't realize he's dead until the end of the night. Right. Improvement, I would say. Although you would lose all of the bits where they're like desperately trying to keep this ruse going during the party. And I think there is some fun of that interplay. I think some of it. I I, I guess I got annoyed with how quickly. Because you wanted more uh, hijinks and that's like where a lot of the hijinks come in. But to me, I got really, it weirded me out that the friend was so quick, that uh, Larry, Larry was so quick to be like, no, 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 I'll sit next, I'll sit next to the dead body, wave his hands around, move his face around, I'll, I'll sit here and touch him and move him and make sure people think it, he's alive. It is very weird that he gets there that quickly. Yeah. Um, 
But they have like this parade of interactions. Like one guy's trying to buy a car from Bernie. One woman sits on his hand and thinks that he like pinched her butt and is like, oh, you cad. I'm like, all right, lady, a little bit more respect for yourself would be good. Um, also, we're 45 minutes in and they have not said weekend at Bernie's. Right. Not one. Which seems weird because I don't think like, they say it the whole movie, do they? They don't. But like we have a whole weekend at Bernie. Like it's. The opportunity was there. This is the movie to put it in. <laughs> I, you're not wrong. Um, I also really like the interaction interaction Larry has where he like walks over to chat up this woman. She's like lighting a cigarette. So he does the same. And he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Larry. And she's like, fuck off, Larry. And he's like, right. Puts the cigarette out and leaves. And that was brilliant. Uh, these these gay old dudes hit on Gwen. Yeah. Well, the one dude is definitely a closeted gentleman. The other one I couldn't quite go to read I on. think they all were. As someone with a little expertise in the subject, I'm going to say they're all homos. Well, they're all shitty people regardless. Well, yeah, they're those Hamptonites. Right. There's also personal trainers wearing the shirts from their gym, tank tops from their gym called that Torsos feels, by that, Tony. That feels very on brand. That's 100% on brand. Uh, they drag Bernie out of the party and everyone's like, oh, too much again, hey, Bernie? Which I, you know, it's kind of funny. Which works. Yeah. Uh, and um, they, they stash his body by just throwing it over a railing. Uh, well, I think it's an accident, but they <laughs> decide to go with it. It's hard to tell, yeah. Um, and so uh, Rich goes to Gwen and she takes him to a lighthouse. And this is where I realized I've been inside... Um, missile like submarine watchtowers but never a lighthouse i don't think yeah i don't think i have either because the inside looks like a a medieval torture chamber it does i think that's just this particular lighthouse i don't know that that is like uh, all lighthouses yeah and so they get to the top and i go okay here's what's gonna happen they're gonna be looking out over everything it's gonna be beautiful he's gonna notice bernie there and she's about to notice when he turns her around and blinds her with this the lighthouse light. Oh, you were pretty close. I think my way was better because. Oh I, yeah. I think, I think because my issue is that like there was no reason for this to happen. Right. He's just an idiot. Like he's very stupid for this one scene, just because the movie wants him to be stupid. Yeah, because I was like, he found this million multi million dollar issue. Like he's a smart person. But also, you don't have to be that intelligent to not look at a light directly. <laughs> A lighthouse light, yeah. Right, but, but any I, light, any light. But wouldn't that have been better? Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's an improvement for sure. Because he's like, I've always wondered how this works. And then he looks directly at it as the beam, like, you can see the beam spinning about to come. And she's like, no, don't look at it. And then he's blinded and falls back down the trap door and takes a real nasty bump down some stairs. I know. Where's Elliot the dragon when you need him? <laughs> um. So now she's into him. Because the movie told us she is. Well, you know, a little Florence Nightingale. I guess. I just was like... You, he I also get- did... He also did... We, we gloss over it, but he also did sincerely cop to, hey, I'm an idiot. I, I'd i like to start over. I made a bunch of mistakes. I shouldn't have lied to you about that stuff. I was just really nervous, and, and you're a pretty girl, and I, I didn't know how to deal with it. That's fair. So if she was into him, and he showed, like, actual... he, sh- I think he shows actual contrition there. It's like, I could see her being like, okay, I did like this guy. I had a fun on that date. I'm willing to go and, you know, hang out with him some more. Like, I would have done it if not for the other stuff. He seems like he's actually telling the truth that he's sad about it. You're right. You're right. Uh, so then he goes home. He realizes Bernie washes up next to him making out with her. <laughs> it's really funny. And his eyes are open. He's, like, staring at them. It's well done. 
And so uh, he run, he drags her away and goes inside to get uh, Larry's help moving the body. And Larry's going to Bone Town. Yeah. Presumably with that woman who told him to to fuck off, but we never know. Yeah, who's to say? Um, And so they drag him up from the beach to, we'll just put him in his bed and leave him there. And then the mob girlfriend lady shows up. I have some issues with this next bit. Uh, Some? I have have all issues. issues. This whole thing is an issue. Because we go to corpse bone town. Yeah. And And the phrase, and Rich says the phrase, quote, I hate it when they scream. What does that mean, Rich? Yeah. The fuck know. does that mean, That's a real Kanicki line. That's a real Kanicki line. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, like, <laughs> I'm willing to give you nobody realizes he's dead while he's on the park couch and everybody's hammered and whatever. But come on. Because, like, I how thought- bad is this guy in bed that she's able to have sex with him while he's dead and not notice? I was just like... Forget the biological part. Assuming the biological part is not part assuming of the that's what happens with rigor mortis, right? Assuming he got very localized rigor mortis. Because I was like, oh, she's super drunk. She's gonna go in there and like yell at him and tell him off. Right. What needs to happen is she asks for the scotch before she goes in, chugs the bottle, and comes out and is like, you know, I never noticed he was such a good listener. Or I like this one. Make it a rule of three moment where the boys leave, they're like hide when she comes in. She grabs a knife, goes upstairs. She thinks she's killed Bernie. Oh. And walks out. So now they're all talking to each other being like, I killed Bernie. No, I killed Bernie. Well, how is he still alive? None of you know how to kill Bernie. I have to go up and do it myself. I like it. I think that would work too. Uh, meanwhile, the mobster who killed Bernie is like doing a final check, I guess, and sees her go in there and I guess sees them have but sex. It's, it's weird because like, so my boyfriend watched it with me because it was a good movie this week. And I, he, we point, I see later in the movie that there's a, so we get the first mob boss, the first mob person that injects Bernie with the drugs. Yeah. Then there is a second guy, more like a lieutenant, it feels. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. is watching and sees her go in his room and, like, go to Bone Town. There's the mob boss, and we're up to three mobsters, if you're counting at home. Then there's a fourth guy that isn't really talked about, and he's the one that shows up in the end and goes crazy. No, that's the first guy again. It's the first guy again? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. three. But Okay. Yeah. The recycling. Okay, okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. He looks different because he's like, his hair's all messed up and stuff because he's like freaking out because he's like, I killed this oh, okay. guy twice. Yeah. Because I would have loved, now that we're, now that it are, is three mob bosses and a girlfriend, that would have been a really funny setup that like one guy ki- thinks he killed him. Right. She thinks she killed him. The third guy shoots him or what, like poisons him or something. And he thinks he killed him. And then the mob boss has to show up at the end and be like, I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rigs up, uh, Larry rigs up the Home Alone wave. Yes, but also is playing Monopoly against himself and still cheating, which is just the saddest picture of a person to me. Drinking some weird, sweet concoction. Uh, he calls it a daiquiri. A what kind of daiquiri was that? I assumed banana? it was a pina colada. It could be a banana daiquiri. Yeah. Um, but so all, because it's very I, much. I a, also will say I do like the Home Alone rave, waving rig. And this movie did I do, do too. it first. This movie did it first. You're right. It is it is technically the weekend at Bernie's wave, not right. the Home Alone wave. 
Um, but Home Alone did it with cardboard cutouts and not dead bodies, so I guess I'm more comfortable with that. Sure. Um, because I guess, I don't know if this is a real Hamptons thing, but like everyone knows everyone, and, and so everyone sees Bernie's massive house and Bernie I, outside. And is like, I think hey, everyone Bernie. knows Bernie. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then I, this is where I wrote that I have to keep reminding myself that he's a criminal and also was going to have these guys killed. Right, exactly. So like all this defamation of his of his corpse is like warranted a little. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so they, th- at this point they have like a, fu- like they're trying to figure out like what to do about this uh, because Gwen has shown up and, and uh, Rich is like, okay, look, I'll tell you the truth. Bernie's dead. And, and Larry is like, well, I can't end this gravy train. So he just like dumps the body off the chair and it ends up landing on the mob guy and they have like a fight and the mob guy thinks he chokes Bernie out, which I, I yeah, really like. It's really well done. Fighting a corpse. Um, and she's like, Gwen obviously is like, well, cool. You're lying again. And he's like, you don't believe me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, brah. <laughs> it's a little, why far-fetched. should she? Exactly. Also, all you've been doing is lying. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so oh, they hear the message machine and they realize like, Oh my God, like he was going to have us killed. And then he says, he mentions a note. So they go like scrambling for it. And I was like, Oh good. This is going to be the, the Heather's suicide note. Right. Right. And boy, did it exceed my expectations of shittiness because, uh, all caps. My note was all caps. There's the bullshit anti LGBT nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they st- uh, the note says that they stole money from the company to pay for Larry's quote sex change operation, and I was like, Ugh. it's also like mildly interesting to me that like the thing that Bernie uses to get out of the situation is just the plot of Dog Day Afternoon. What Dog Day Afternoon is based on a true story about a, a uh, uh, I think only one half of the couple was transgender, but they they robbed a bank. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Surgery, yeah. And I didn't know there was a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's P- Pacino. Um, it's a really good movie. But it's like literally the plot of the movie is what this, this like they stole the money to pay for the sex change operation, and then like their relationship was on the rocks. It's like that's the, that's what that movie is. And then Larry's like, he made me a drag queen, and I was like, that's. Do you not, not understand what that, what that means, Larry? I'm sorry to tell you. You keep this. using that word. I don't. I do not think you know what it means. Yeah, but I will say the the smallest of credit because it sucks and it's shitty, and I'm not going to defend it. He does come around very quickly, and they move past it. Like it's like it's this thing, it's this minor bit, and then like they never acknowledge it again, and and they go on from there. So it's like at least we didn't have to wallow in it is the only small grace I can take. Like, obviously the movie's better if it's not in there, but it's just, I agree. At least it well, wasn't. Like, here's my thing. If it became, I think, a fu- I think a funnier, a, let's no, a more effective comedic choice would be the, like, we're gay lovers. I caught, like, I caught Larry cheating on me. And so I killed him and then myself. And then they can argue about Larry being like, he thought I would cheat on you. Hundred percent, way better. And like, that's funnier. Like, I'm to not me. a cheater. It is. It is funnier. I but would also, cheat. You right. think I would cheat on you then? Right. No, I agree that that's funnier. But also, this was like in the prime era of like, oh my god, could you imagine if people who were transgender existed? Um, and so, also on the this is the same recording where he says, "Hey, don't kill them while I'm around." And right. this is where it, they realize, oh, 
if they see Bernie still around, they're not going to kill us. And I was like, this self-preservation angle is very interesting. And it's also like the dumbest possible interpretation of what that means, which I really like. Also, I was like, it's the last 30 minutes of this movie. Why are we too much, too (laughs) many, like, this is like you, you know, you crest the two big hills in the roller coaster and you think you're going to go back to the station. And then you realize there's a corkscrew, three loop-de-loops. And a, another inversion before you get back to the station. You're like, this shouldn't all be here. Right. This is so much longer than it needs to be. So they're like, all right, we just have to convince everyone he's alive until we can get out of here. And then they go looking for Bernie and they find this child burying him in the sand, which is I just this kid is a ridiculously good asshole child. He is. He reminds me. There's an episode of the Golden Girls where a little girl steals a teddy bear. And oh, it's the, it's the little girl from... Um, True Beverly Hills. Oh. Uh, she plays a real great asshole kid. But this um, is my second legitimate laugh in the movie where they're like, all right, we got to get him out of the sand. And then we cut to them, like, like they try to drag him out of the sand. And then they cut to them cleaning it up. And the one is, like, vacuuming over his face. And, uh, Rich is vacuuming him with, the, oh, like, a handheld attachment over his face. And Larry is, like, aggressively brooming off his legs. And I just, like, the visual is really good. And then they I know, out, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then they find out that he has a toupee, which is normally, like, a really cheap gag. But that then be like... My God, I didn't know he wore a rug. It was kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and because it got vacuumed off his head. That yeah. was great. Yeah. And then there's gunshot noises. And I was like, oh, it's a little kid. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I was confused by what this was. I thought it was going to be a portable television. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get what I think is the worst use of ADR in this movie. This terrifying fake child laugh. Yeah. Like they clearly really got an adult creepy. woman. It's like. Tara Strong does a great little kid voice, but if you think about her laughter too much, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got an adult woman to, to dub this kid, and it's n- not fun. Like, can I go down below and play with Yorku or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they grab Staple Bernie. Staple the toupee to his head. <laughs> yep, yep. They grab Bernie. They stick him in the golf cart, and they go, like, tearing off for this. Meanwhile, this other guy is chasing them, but it's not the killer. It's just, like, another Hamptons person. Yeah, I think it, so. It's a callback to something from before where uh, Bernie wanted a Maserati painted black or something. Yeah, yeah. Which seems like a color they would come in. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just like it's red for sports cars. But anyway, um, they like do this like chase sequence. They try to catch the ferry. They can't. And they're like, all right, well, let's steal Bernie's boat. And they have this fun tete a where it's like, well, you wait here and I'll get the keys. And it's like, I'm not going to be without Bernie. You go. I'll, I'll wait here with Bernie. And it's like, okay, fine. We'll all go get the keys. Well, the best is they've tied their feet together like a like <laughs> a three-legged a, race. A like a six-legged race. race. Yeah, yeah, a six-legged wait. race. Yeah. Wait, four. It's a four-legged race. Hang on. Yep, it's four. Yep, two, two plus one plus one, yeah. <laughs> two plus one plus one plus one. One plus one plus two plus one. Um, like a four-legged... Did we say four? It's a four-legged race. Thank you. A four-legged race. They got their hand up his, like, vest, uh-huh. holding the back of his head, and they're, uh-huh. like, walking in unison. It almost looks like when um people do that weird, creepy... Uh, conga line costume. Not conga line, but, like, dance troupe line costume. Yeah, or where it's like pup, they do puppet versions of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, They do it in Disney World, actually. Yeah, for Coco. Um, And I was like, "This is funny. Where I like this kind of hijinks." Yes, exactly. Um, 
they get to the boat and this the bit with the boat is really fun to me as well as like there's a couple of good laughs here in this sequence where um Oh wait, no! First they beat, they clobber the the two guys with a piece of wood and hide it oh, in the yes. closet. I forgot that part. Uh, the gardener and the guy who was squatting come back. They think they're killers, so uh, Rich hits them in the head with the, like a log for the fire, which is definitely going to cause brain damage. But sure, let's well, also being that. knocked out causes brain damage. Right, right. But this if is- you are unconscious, not sleep wise, for more than like five minutes. You're losing some stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he hits them really hard in the head with a full-on log, which is kind of wild. Um, so they get to the boat, and they, like, tie him up. And Lar- this is where Larry annoyed me. Because I-, I was like, you are now hindering your success because you're being annoying. Okay. Because he's like, I can drive a boat. And then he's just, like, clearly just, like, hitting buttons like a cat. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And just like, this button. Like, no. If neither of you know how to do a bo- drive a boat, just say it. Like, right. Like the 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 pretending to know how to do it pissed me off for some reason. Okay. Um. See that to me lined up right with the character of like a guy who thinks he's uh, Ferris Bueller. I just was like I was like this is you are you in in your mind you are running from a hitman right going yeah. to murder you yeah you're not acting like it right but at um, least you got to drive a boat yeah uh and they do a really nice quick bit of stop motion did you catch it no I don't think I did so. They untie the boat, kind of, but leave the back. The back of the boat is still tied to the dock by, um, what are those things called? They look like this trip? Cleats. Cleats, yeah. Um, it's still tied to the cleat. And as he's, like, gunning the boat, gunning the boat, you see it, like, straining against it. And they do a three to five second clip of the cleat bending and breaking. Okay. I didn't and catch the, that it was stop motion. I thought they just made I'm, a rubber cleat. The way it was, the way the frame rate shifted made me think it was stop okay, motion. It could have been. Yeah, it definitely could have been. As someone who watched a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas and weird stop motion things, like, I, I think it was that. Okay. And then they get some boat, uh, the boat hijinks I didn't think were as entertaining as the other stuff. Okay. See, this is very relatable to me because I feel like most people, if you're like, hey, could you drive the boat? They'd be like, sure. And then they would get up there and be like, I have no idea how to do this because it feels like Especially one that has a steering wheel and like a throttle lever. It's like, oh, it's like a car. Like I push the lever like this for the gas pedal. And then it's like, okay, how do I? St- oh, shit, there's no brakes. And it's like, like I could see that happening. So at first they like almost ram into this big yacht boat. And then the these real blue bloody people are like, you're breaking all sorts of laws here. And it ends up with him like throwing an anchor into their table and people are getting knocked off the boats. I don't know. I like a boat hijink. I do just not like not in this setting. I don't know why they didn't feel I didn't like it here. Um, and then they end up with the the one I, I I love a good someone getting like falling off a boat gag. I guess is what what it comes down to. So I thought that was funny. But the part that really amused the hell out of me is like they were at the channel markers and they couldn't figure out whether they should be on the left or the right of them. And so like well, we'll just weave around them, which to me is kind of like the most insane choice you could make. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hear this like plinging and plonging noise and it turns out to be bernie just like his corpse clanging off the well, channel markers so the imdb trivia says that his stunt double like hurt himself doing this specific stunt and i was like that was a dummy oh a thousand percent that was a dummy i was like i have eyes that's a like that's a nickelodeon you know someone jumped out a window dummy 
No, a thousand percent. This was a dummy all the way. There's no way that why why would you ever endanger a person to do this stunt? That makes zero sense. Yeah, it was. I was like, that was maybe he injured himself doing other stuff, but not this. Right. Um, now, if there had been a sequence where Bernie like water skied, which I 100% thought was coming, uh, mm-hmm. that would make sense. Rigor more. Oh, see, I, again, I don't know. I don't know science. I've said that before. I'll say it again on this pod. But like, if the rigor Morris kicked in and they were like, he's stuck like in a standing position, and yeah. so when he got knocked off the boat, he was like automatically water skiing. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So they get home, they like, no, so they run out of gas, and they have to float a la Quint and Brody. Yeah. Not Quint, Hooper and Brody. Hooper and Brody, yeah. Um, At the end all of the way back, All the way back to the house, and like, get him up and inside the house. And then Gwen shows up, and she's like, hey, you said he was dead, but like, he's alive, I saw him with you. And I was like, don't let on that you believed him that he was dead. Yeah, yeah. You should hold that card a uh-huh. little closer to the chest. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're playing all your cards right at once here, Gwen. And the mob hitman shows up. Um, this is a part that I really genuinely love because it's like an extremely niche thing that happened to click for me, but I think most people uh, right over their heads. He comes in, he sh- like immediately just empties a, his revolver into Bernie, just like six shots, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And then he does the Maloke horns, like the Italian curse thing where you do. I've like, seen the Golden Girls. I've seen Sofia Petrillo do that. It's rock on. Yeah, but, but you point it at a person and it's like a, it's like an evil, like a, yeah, um, Sicilian curse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think as someone who uh, grew up Italian, obviously, but not that I ever saw anyone do it in real life, but I, I know it from that and, and movies and pop culture and stuff, but it's like kind of a little thing, but it's so exactly what this, like a such a beautiful thing in terms of the character that he's playing, like losing his mind. Like, of course he's doing the old school, like put a curse on this thing. <laughs> yes. And so the, he empties a clip and he doesn't see the people. And of course they make a noise and he realizes they're there. And rich goes, I, I was looking at my watch. I didn't see anything. Yeah. And then Larry goes, I'm blind. And he just closes his eyes. <laughs> and I, and like, to me, the funny bit would be, the mob guy looks at Gwen like, well, and then she doesn't say anything. And he's like, all right, well, I guess then I have to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, I like, I was like, we're, we're building and we're funny and we're funny. And then, pfft. right. And then we get some like Benny Hill gag of like, everybody's running from each other in circles in the house. And while an opera, an aria is playing. Yeah. There and- is, there's like almost a great thing with the radio that keeps changing because it got shot, but it's not quite done perfectly. I think it has the It only happens twice. Right. It has the potential for being really funny, but doesn't uh, like the what it would have been helpful is like so they they have the two opera songs playing and then Larry like hears the gunman reloading, jumps up and tries to choke him with a phone cord, and ends up just like wrapping him around and around with it, and he sweeps the leg and takes him down. But if it had been like Call Me had started playing. Yeah. You know, I something like, like that. that, you know. Because it was Night on Bald Mountain. Right, right. Which you might re- and people might remember from the end of Fantasia with the the his name is Chernabog, but you might know him as Mountain Demon. Yeah, yeah. Um and so they tie him up, they win, the police show up and all is well. Yeah, everybody seems very chill. Uh, Larry gets a photo shaking hands with the cops and is very excited about that. Cause like, he, but I was like, he wasn't a criminal. Like, he wasn't like a petty criminal or anything. 
So I don't right. know why he was so excited to get a picture with the cop. Yeah, I know. It's like you'd think that they would be in some trouble for like not reporting this murdered body. Yeah, but like I guess all the evidence mounted against like against uh, Bernie is there. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that was weekend at Bernie's. Uh, well, you did miss the final bit where uh, <laughs> they're like, oh. Uh, Larry's like, oh, what are you going to do now? He's like, well, Gwen offered to let me stay out here with her for a week, so I'm going to take a week off work. And he's like, you're going to take a vacation? Oh, my God. Cool, I'm going to be here, too. I'm going to stay at Bernie's. Keep an eye on it. And then the gurney that Bernie was on, the Bernie gurney, uh, gets nudged by the ambulance, rolls down, like, I don't know, a thousand-foot-long beach pier, and then Bernie tumbles off the thing and lands right behind them, and they run away. It's like in that one Friday the 13th when the the wheelchair the guy in the wheelchair falls down all those steps for no re- like there's too many steps this guy's going down right right yeah and then uh the kid shows up again and he buries him yeah roll credits um so would you like to know did, I, I i finished this and i watched the trailer for weekend of bernie's too would you like to know what i know Sure, because I'm very curious what the hell is going to okay. happen. So it's one of those trailers. It's like the whole movie, but in two minutes. So it was like exactly I what love I wanted. It. Yeah. Uh, I love it for a bad movie that I don't want to watch. Uh, so the boys are back, as is as is Bernie. and they, Bernie's corpse is back? Yes. They go to the morgue, and they identify Bernie's body so that they can steal his credit card. And uh, in doing so find a key in his pocket or in his wallet that's to uh i forget what island it's on but it's on an island in the tropics and he's like so four years later bernie's still in the morgue the 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 movie takes place like immediately after this one oh that's a weird choice for a four year year later yeah no i agree um so they're like all right well there's nothing we can do with this key because Bernie is the only person who can, they find out that he has stashed the money in the, in the tropics and they're like, well, we can go get the money if we had Bernie. And he's like, we'd have to take the corpse on the flight. And he's like, exactly. So they steal Bernie's corpse from the morgue. They fold it up and put it in a trunk. And Larry is like, or in a suitcase, Larry's like jumping up and down to fold the body in. And, and Rich is like puking because again, it's a body. Rigor Mortis would have set in by now. Yeah, no, for sure. That's why they have to jump on the suitcase. Um, they they get Bernie to their hotel room, and he stinks, so they spray him with, like, Lysol, and they stash him in the refrigerator. Meanwhile... Their uh, hotel has, like, a full-size fridge? No, or they it's fold a, him mini up in a mini fridge. So he's, like, Pennywise in they, it? They fold Bernie they pennywise in half. They him? They fold Bernie in half. Like, in half and half. In quarters. You can't do you ha, you're going to have to like twist and crunch uh-huh. to That's fit somebody in a mini That's bridge. what they do. Uh turns out that a woman on this island knew about the money, knew about Bernie dying and was like, "We'll do a voodoo ritual on Bernie and then we can use his reanimated corpse to walk to the money." So they do a voodoo ritual to Bernie, which I had to look this part up on Wikipedia, goes awry. And I was going to say, does it work? Well, uh, the two hitmen guys, they lose their live chicken, so they use a pigeon because it's New York City. I guess they did this before the morgue part. Again, I was reading it on Wikipedia. So have you seen the Bernie dance? It was like a craze like eight years ago. No. People were doing it like where you dance like Bernie. I mean, is that just like... It's not that good. Anyway, 
they reanimate his corpse uh, with a pigeon instead of a chicken, which means that he can only move when he hears music. So he's just like a a blobby bobby dancing corpse. Pigeons only movie. move when they hear music? According to the laws of voodoo in this film. So the boys and the hitmen are constantly like stealing Bernie's corpse back and forth from each other, both trying to get Bernie's money. You know what I think happened? What's that? I think someone wanted to produce Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That got shut down. Yeah. And they were like, well... What else do we got? Since I can't take a good movie, like a well-renowned, a, like a Academy Award-nominated film... Right, right. What if I just do the dead body movie yeah. in Hawaii? Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, that's Weekend of Bernie's 2. Uh, the the one where Bernie does dances. and, and Bernie goes Hawaiian. Yeah, that's it was, it was, I think it's Caribbean, but yes. But that's the one that Elaine was screaming about. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, final uh, weekend of Bernie's thoughts. I liked it. I, I just thought it could, it could use some improvements. Yeah, I mean, I which I think to me is always more frustrating when it's a good movie. It's not like yeah, I was really genuinely surprised by how watchable and enjoyable this was. And like I had seen it before, but it had been such a long time that I really only remembered like a few little pieces. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's like it's don't get me wrong. It is capital V capital S very stupid, but it's like the kind of flavor of stupid that I enjoy. So, and, and, and the other parts of the movie, like the actual plot that they hang on to kind of fill the gaps between the stupid stuff is fine. Like the couple yeah, is believable. I like it. Yeah. They're the couple's believable. The acting is decent. There's some funny gags. Like this is surprisingly very watchable. It's not good, but it is incredibly watchable. And I enjoyed watching it. I did too. So I, 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 I'm going to give this a recommend, like a flat me out. Me too. Gonna recommend it for me. Yeah. Um, uh, one that I was not expecting that to be my reaction to, but it is enjoyable. Again, if you are in the mood for something very stupid. Ebert hated this movie. I saw that on the Wikipedia. That's not shocking. No. Although he liked a good schlock. He liked well done schlock. Right, right. And this isn't quite well done schlock, but I do enjoy it. Well, thank you all so very much for listening to the show. Um, this is, I believe, maybe next time, maybe the next episode is the actual answer to this, but I believe this is the final episode of our, um, cause we started on at the last week of August. So this would be the final episode in season five, right? Sure. I feel like that's right. Uh, but anyway, our fifth anniversary will be the next episode, which we're, we're excited about, but, um, it's been quite a wild ride uh, to be have, having been done this show for, for five years. It's pretty insane. Uh, we'll do that fun uh, anniversary stuff next time. The Hall of Fame and all those fun things that we that we do to commemorate that. But um, thank you all, as always, so very much for listening to the show. We're uh, really appreciative of it and really thankful for it. If you'd like to support the show directly, you could visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Uh, we've got a few different tiers there, but you can pledge your support. If there's something that you're like, hey, uh, I would love to pledge for the show, but this is what I need in return, hit us up at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can make that happen for you. Uh, or 856-DISSECT. That's right. Um, visit us on Facebook, uh, and it's at dissectthe80s on Twitter. We always love hearing from our listeners, so thank you for reaching out and saying hello. It's always fun for us. Um if you've got one of those uh, Andrew intros and you want to send it in to dissectingthe80s at gmail.com, please feel free to do that, or you can call it into the phone line and I'll get it that way. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, 
Oh, also there's dissectingtheeighties.com if you need any other information. So I think that is everything. Uh, we will be celebrating our fifth anniversary and the start of season six with our next episode on the Howling Part Five. That's right. We figured to commemorate the fifth anniversary, we should do a Part Five movie, and why not do one from a franchise we've never talked about before? Uh, so that'll be interesting. We'll see what uh, it might be. Howling Five: The Rebirth. I can't remember what the the second part of the title is, but something like that. Um, so anyway, thank you all so very much for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the Howling Part Five. I've been Triplano. I will always be Andrew Lano until August twenty sixth. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production.